The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. As always, I am Darren Karp and I am here with my tie-dye queen, Liz Cully. Every week it's something different, Liz. I do Every week. love tie-dye. And for the record, before the pandemic, I was wearing tie-dye. Also, um, I would like you to only address me as a social media influencer because I hit 10,000 followers yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I I am so proud of you for this accomplishment. I respect you too much to just call you a social media yeah, influencer because you know what is involved in your in your day life. But Mazel Tov on hitting the five figs. Mazel you know tov. who um, I haven't met in real life, but she posted about me to get to 10,000 and I thought it was I, I, and I keep asking to hang out with her and she just doesn't answer that part, but then is just really nice okay. is MJ. MJ from, from Shaws of, of Sunset. <laughs> hilarious well I love MJ MJ's my girl no I do too but isn't that it's a little strange I'm like thanks what she's a supporter of women she's 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 a lover of all I'm just so happy like what was happier the day that you got to 10,000 followers or your wedding day to you Rachel Okay, let's relax here, well, obviously, well, when I got to 10,000 yeah. followers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, You're no, like, of course. Wait, did My you watch? Let's. On. We have a lot of just TV roundup because our episode today, our interview was like, we want to let it speak for itself. Hey, Rachel. Oh, do, I love, okay, Rachel just came into frame in a sliver, people, and Liz moved the computer over so I could not see Rachel for even a second. Because she doesn't want to be. Okay, but like, it's Rachel's me. Like, it's not, like in, it's not like in front of millions of viewers. Like, it's me. And you move the computer so I couldn't see Rachel. I know, Fucked up. I know. Fucked she doesn't up. like to be on camera, so I moved. Fucked <laughs> Rachel, up. Rachel, I was doing you a favor and I moved the camera and Rachel, or Darren was like, why did you just do that? Yeah, I was like, she's I'm, embarrassed. I'm protecting her. Is she? Uh, privacy masturbating that's a whole other story you gotta watch our instagram stories to see that but okay so we have a longer interview so we i just have like a lot of like tv roundup stuff to kind of get to well first off the morning shows plot line are you watching the morning show yes i am i don't know so it's totally caught up though but i i watched it enough where that i know what i think you're going to talk about you know about reese witherspoon and juliana margulies yeah which was like a lot I don't know if it was hotter than I thought it would be. Like I thought it was less hot, but only because I find Reese Witherspoon to be so straight. It's not Juliana Margulies. I find Reese Witherspoon to be so hetero that I can't believe it. Like I, 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 and she's a great actress. This is nothing. This is nothing against her. This is just like her roles are notoriously hetero. Whereas feel like Juliana Margulies has played these like salacious, sexy, kind of fluidy type of women. I could just see it a lot yeah. more than Reese. Yeah. Um, but that's why. But obviously a plot point's going to be that, and it's unclear if Reese is a lesbian or not because she's, they've like danced around that she is or maybe she's bi. Unclear. I, I don't want to like name danced her. Around. But no, I know. I feel like you're right. It's interesting. I think that they've sort of left out her. But didn't she have sex with I can't remember. It was too long of a gap. It was too long of a gap. And I don't really remember Reese like in this um, Bradley, the character Bradley. I don't remember Bradley having any sexual relationship with anyone. 
We just know that she had a, or she got pregnant really young. That's, That's it. All we know. Right. But like that might not have been for love or anything. So I'm very curious to see how that happens. I mean, obviously, I think this is hitting on a point that we talk Do about literally every week. Do you think it's queer baiting? Week. Do you think it's queer baiting a little? Yeah, but oh, okay. But like, what wouldn't queer baiting look like? Like, I do think it's important to kind of show, like, hey, I grew up... I mean, I don't know where the show is going, so I can't predict. But right now, Bradley's basically saying, you know, Juliana Margulies is like, hey, you know, like, go kind of use your gayness as a plus to go right. host the presidential debate or whatever they're talking about in the show, which I'm not necessarily unfor. I think you kind of got to use what you got. And, you know, Bradley gets too scared to do that for whatever reason. Right. She grew up in a conservative family and... La, 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 la. And so... Darren, do you think that I'm Juliana or I'm Bradley? And you're Juliana or you're Bradley? Between the two of us? Like, if one of us... If we were going to, like... Like, I feel... No, just, like, in the show. Like, I actually think you're Bradley and I'm Juliana. I do think I'm Bradley. I do think I'm Bradley. I actually think that Bradley even described herself as libertarian. I could be wrong on that, but I feel like first season, because I feel like I clung to that. But, like... Yes, I think personality-wise, like I'm Julia. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and I'm Reese. I, 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 and I don't think necessarily that I'm the heterosexual. Like I don't think like no, no, I'm me just as saying, a person no, is as heterosexual as Reese. In the show, I am Bradley, and in the show, you are Juliana Margulies. Okay, so when you said it was queer baiting, well, no, I just, I just, it, I just wanted to know what your. It's funny. So I put on. Instagram on the scissoring story I was like do we ship this like when it first right I saw that and I was like I was like I don't even remember what I voted I think I was like no yeah so that's my question is that maybe queer baiting isn't the right I don't know I just want I'm I'm curious to hear what you felt when they first kissed in the limo I was like oh yeah, me too. Like normally, especially maybe because I'm used to the L word and we have to get to the finale on that in a moment. But normally I feel like when it's female, female, maybe it's other people and I'm just literally paying more attention to female, female. I feel like in order to show that this is like, oh, potentially queer, they show subtle movements and they show like, oh, I'm checking you out or like a touch mm-hmm. of the hand, a graze of the leg. There was like none of that. Like I didn't mm-hmm. sense any sexual tension. In fact, Bradley just... I did. Made out with her kind of randomly. Only in the car did I see that. I didn't see that kind of before. I sort of got the vibe when she was like, when Juliana was, they were outside walking with the coffee cup and she dropped it. Anyway, this is really becoming like a rap. This really is. Episode, which we don't want to do. But I don't know. I saw little moments here and there. Let's see how the storyline plays out to see if it's queer baiting. But I think in general, the only reason I would. You didn't take it that way. No, I think the only way I would take it as queer baiting is if it's like a plot line that has no point except to like get in male viewers. That to me is more queer baiting or being like, look, we're so blah, 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 blah. But I don't think they're doing that. I think it's going to be an interesting tell of like maybe, you know, someone coming out publicly on television or something Which like that. Which straight and- do you think is the better kisser? Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, or Julianne uh, um, Juliana Margulies? Um, really good question. <laughs> and I want to say it's Juliana Margulies. I think so too. I think she's I just, think she's Maybe it's a brunette thing. Like maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I tend to like go for brunettes more or something like that. Maybe that's what it is. I just think that Reese and Jen are so straight as people. Like they're just I would be shocked if Reese Witherspoon had kissed a girl before that. 
Do you think Jennifer Aniston's kissed a girl? I don't. Ah, mm, she did pretend to kiss Winona Ryder in that Friends episode from when oh, they yeah. were in high school. So maybe like, I don't know. I don't oh, just know. Just a question. Just a question. Just a question. Okay. L word finale. What did you think? <sighs> I know. That was my thought. <sighs> there it is again. My thought too. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I thought overall great season. I was looking forward. I was looking forward every season. looking forward to it every week. I thought the shakeups were good. I thought it was kind of a nice play. I thought the rosy thing. Obviously, they're going to get another season because they can't really end like this. But like, no, no I thought way. the rosy thing was going to like play out a little bit more. And I know we left on the Tina Bet thing, but part of me is a little bit like. How long can we use that storyline now? I agree. It's been used nine times with them. And I hate to say it, I don't believe Shane and Tess, but that's just, I, I, I just. Okay, well, so that's so interesting that you I say that. I believe it. Because Rachel felt the same, but I disagree. This is the I first. I like them both, by the way, and think they're both hot. So, no, no, I know. Okay, Hold okay, on. Okay. This okay. is the first relationship Ever that Shane has That's been like in that I'm actually sort of I actually believe, believe this I did like it but I believe this more I and she'll never come on the show probably so I'll say it I don't believe Kate Moaning is like the best actor all the time I think sure. she's fun to watch but I don't think she's like that believable which is different and so sometimes when she's with it's a little bit like Reese like, being homo you're like I don't know Totally, it's, totally. Okay. But I really like her and Tess. I think Tess was great. I think Leo, I think I was very satisfied with this season, but the ending for me was like, uh, also like Joey Taboni's sister, like Jacqueline, like never, did she ever look at your DMs? No, I me neither. It. I Do you it. die? I, I, I died all of this. Well, because she's in rehab. I'm kidding. The show. Oh, I was going to be like, Let's not no. say anyone. Yeah, she's in rehab, which again. Yeah, Finley's in rehab. Like, See you later. Actually, yeah. sort of works. Can I just tell you one really funny thing? And we're going to have this person on the show in a couple of weeks, and we do need to get to this amazing episode. But there is a huge thing in LA, Darren, about PAs and recovery. Like, I can't explain to you how many sober lesbians that used to be on the party scene are like PAs. <laughs> and if anyone's listening that's from LA, please DM me or DM Scissoring and we can laugh about this. Yes, it's like a whole thing. Well, that's it's sad. A whole thing. Like so I, it, well, I mean, it's sad in the terms of like, I hope they're not, if it's like a pandemic of like every PA, like having to drink because they hate their lives no, or their no, job, no, no, that's no, no, a no, sad it's thing. The other, no, it's the other way around. It's like girls that are in boys and whoever, but like, People that were sort of messes in their 20s get their shit together and then become PAs. No, it's oh, like positive. Okay. I, 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 it's see just, it. I see it. I see it's it. It's just I a not, very funny thing. Like they'll be like a les on set and they're like sober and right. they're a PA. And it's just. I'm, it's I'm just, all for that. So I kind that. of like love Marja doing that because. It, it's accurate. It is accurate. I mean, yeah, but in all all in all, my, my read was. You know what mm. I thought of that scene though when they are doing the intervention was. If it were me, and obviously, like, I've seen the show Intervention. I've never been in one. I know friends who have been in them. I would feel wildly uncomfortable that my boss of a TV show 
was giving me the intervention. Like, okay, but first of all, they're really unprofessional. Their relationship I, fucked on her couch. I and know. Two, and I'm like, lesbians aren't like this. Alice was going to pay for it. I know. I mm. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if Andy would pay for mine. Yeah, he made would. Me, made me thinking. He got me thinking. Okay. All right. Well, before we get to the most incredible Shea Coulee, which, by the just way, Shea listeners. Doesn't he, don't even, you don't even need to say incredible Shea Coulee. You just need to say Shea Coulee because okay. it's implied. Well, so this interview was actually rescheduled since June. Remember? Yep. Shea was going to be on our Pride but then extravaganza. Shea, Shea moved. Shea yep. was doing a lot of stuff. Which is totally fine. Totally but fine. But I'm just saying the anticipation was there. You know? I think when Shay hopped on, I think we just collectively screamed and then could yeah. hit record. And I think he was a little bit like, oh, <laughs> taken aback uh, by these two girls being really obsessed with him. But he was pretty fantastic. And honestly, I kind of learned a lot about this, just how he grew up. And he went to high school with Joel Kim Booster, which I never knew. And I love that. And I think it's great. And Shay Coulee is very Coulee. Very cool. Shea Coulee is the most Coulee. Most is the Coulee. The cream of the Coulee is Shea Coulee. And with that, there it everyone, is. please enjoy. enjoy the episode. I'm going to introduce our incredible guest. I'm so excited. Darren knows I've been sort of dying, freaking yes. out for, we've, this has been in the works. I will just say at top, your bio was so long. I did have to <laughs> cut it down to the highlights you're because you're a very yes. accomplished. So <laughs> without further ado, Please. dear, dear, sweet baby listeners, we have the one and only Shay Coulee, <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying it. Who is, hold on, wait, wait, wait for the bio, for wait for the bio. Shay is a drag superstar, recording artist, activist, costume designer, known for their fashion forward editorial Amen. looks. Preach. Very true. In July, 2020, Kool-Aid was crowned the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5, which we have talked at nauseam on oh, the yeah. show that we argue being an all-star is like, da, 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 yeah. where they debuted their newest music single, Collide featuring rapper Nikki Blanco. Okay. Before All Stars, Kule placed as a finalist on RuPaul's Drag Race 9, which, by the way, I'm a Cancer. Also, my favorite number is nine. I feel like we're already here, <laughs> where they slayed the runways and tied for the most challenge wins in the show's history. In the past year alone, Kule was featured, uh, excuse me, in the Savage Fenty fashion show with our girl Rihanna, all of our hall passes. Never heard of Rihanna before. Um, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. And this is also for my like Condé Nast nerdiness yeah. was the face of, excuse me, Misson Valentino, excuse moi, <laughs> launched their own beer, Chez Coulet. I mean, Chez, Chez Coulet. Yeah. With an accent, And though. a portion, I mean, I'm, thank you. Yes. I'm just so excited. I'm sweating. And a portion of all the profits were donated to Trans Tech, an organization dedicated to helping transgendered people kickstart their trajectories in the workplace. I mean, I'm almost done. Yes. I, I, I know. <laughs> a passionate and vocal advocate for the LGBTQ rights and racial equality, Kule spoke at the Drag March for Change in support of Black Lives Matter movement in 2020. Up next, and I hope this is, we can talk about this a little bit today, Kule is performing in an international stage tour, acting in a forthcoming digital series, and has launched a new podcast, which we will talk about, 
want to be on top. So many questions. Shea Coulee, welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Wow. What a lovely introduction. Holy moly. It's your fault you're though, welcome. Shay. Because if you your fault. Yeah, if you weren't accomplished, <laughs> we would have just introduced you as like, eh, we got Shea Coulee. But no, you had to yeah, go okay. off and, and do everything. <laughs> um, you know, every guest that we have on Scissoring is a thing. We usually ask them how they like to identify usually gender preferences, pronouns yeah. appropriately, as well as sexuality, just because we kind of dive deep and we want to make sure that we're doing you justice yes um as far as pronouns are concerned i will respond to anything that's said out of respect and as far as sexuality is concerned i would consider myself pansexual and do i have a chance oh my we have a chance (laughs) maybe shake away my data maybe I mean, we have a li- yes, we I'm have glad a I wore a leopard today. <laughs> and I tried a wing. I tried a wing today. Yes. Oh, good. Is okay. The, if, if you don't mind me asking, is the pansexuality something that you recently discovered? Have you always felt pansexual? Because I felt like when I was growing up, I didn't know that term. So it feels newer. Walk me through that. Yeah, I feel that like that was like a recent discovery only because... Um, I was like having a conversation with a friend who also identifies it was Bob the drag queen actually uh, um we had, who's and, been on yeah, our show yeah. who's a friend of the podcast yes yes and we were just kind of talking about like our sexual experiences and they were very similar and Bob was just all like oh well like girl like you're like pansexual because like I don't limit myself to people I, I I just don't really limit myself I feel like it's it's much more of a personal energy connection and if I'm attracted to somebody then I'm attracted to somebody I heard that and honestly yeah. like that's how it should be like I would describe myself I mean I've always said lesbian because like I am attracted to yeah women, exactly but mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I'm attracted to trans men I'm attracted to trans women like I don't yeah, know that same. kind of makes exactly. me pan like it's a personal individual thing, I think. Like, and mm-hmm. even people you're supposed to be attracted to, I'm like, hell no, I'm not attracted to you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm pan, Liz. You know what's so funny is that my wife and I were at dinner last night and we were, somehow Pete Davidson got brought up. Mm-hmm. Don't ask us. Let's <laughs> As keep going on the journey. As one does. As right. one does. As one does. And I was like, that dude must have the best vibe in because he person. just rips through in person. Yeah. And I was like, maybe we would both fall in love with Pete Davidson in real life. And I do agree. It's a really energy. It's energetic. Like, I don't know. I, I think I love that, Darren. I think hopefully we should all really be pansexual because it's a it's a vibe. Right. It's really a vibe. And you can't help who you're attracted check. to. Exactly. So yeah, we should all kind of be pan. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It tracks. I'm changing. It does it make does. sense. Yeah. Now, for the listeners that have apparently been not only living in their homes, but perhaps underneath their beds or their couches and don't know your story, where can you just give us kind of the lay of the land? Like, where did you grow up? Yes. So I was born in this small little town called Warsaw, Indiana. And then when I was five, we moved to Illinois um, to a small town called Plainfield, where I spent the majority of, well, no, I, I was basically there until I grew up and um, graduated high school. So like moving from Indiana to Plainfield was definitely culture shock because like there was 
like nothing but white people in Plainfield. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> and like, and you're like, in a place called Plainfield. Right? <laughs> you I'm can't get whiter than that. Like, yeah. It is Ryan. so white. I was like, this place is so country. Why are we here? Um, <laughs> but then like, it, like when I got into like middle school, that's when like my, like we started like merging with other areas. And then I started to go to school with like fellow black kids. So it was like much easier then. But like, I was in Plainfield until um, I graduated high school. And then I went to Columbia College in Chicago, mm. where um, I focused on theater and finished with my bachelor's in costume design. And then like, I would say like a month and a half after graduation, like two months, like in July of that, that summer after I graduated from college, I just tried drag for the first time and I <laughs> got bit by the bug and I was like, oh damn, okay, well, um, I'm really into this. I think I'm gonna audition for RuPaul's Drag Race. And I did five times. Like literally, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like four months into doing drag. like. I started in July and like four months later, they were like holding auditions for like season five. And I auditioned for five, six, seven, eight, and nine. And then I got on season nine. It's all well, about and persistence. You have won, I think I was doing the math. Hold on, let's look More at the More competitions, notes. I think, than you any have, other. No, you've won 1.9 billion yeah. challenges, <laughs> I believe. I just, I was trying to count well, them. And not for nothing, uh, yesterday. but Liz got me into watching Drag Race. Like, I had known about it, but she was like, I'm a reality junkie. She was like, how are you not watching this? Like, you need to get into it. And so last season was my first, like, start to finish all-star season watching it live and I was talking to Liz and breaking it down and Liz was like Liz was like yes like during regular season like we wanted Simone to win we were rooting for Simone she was like but if you win all-stars it's so much grander she's like because the competition is so much higher that if you can walk away being an all-star it's like it's like it's like winning a million dollars in drag culture. Do you feel that way, like having won All-Stars and not the regular season? I mean, it definitely just wasn't my time to win season nine. And I feel like everything happens for a reason. Totally. And I think it's always amazing to be able to reintroduce yourself to the fandom and like, you know, check in with them and let them like familiarize themselves with you again and your story. And, you know, so I took like a little bit of time because I was like, I just want to like, travel the world, like have my drag become like more enriched and then go back and do it again. And I'm so glad that I did, you know, it was, that was like definitely my time. And I feel like winning all-stars is definitely like, you know, the creme de la creme of like crowns to get. The Kool-Aid of the Kool-Aid, if I have, if I must say, it's the Kool-Aid of the Kool-Aid. Listen to me right now. You came on All Stars season. There was not a chance in motherfucking hell from <laughs> anybody that you weren't. You walked win. into the workroom and we were like, oh, yes. Like, and everyone can even just... watching it back. I was like, I bet it's... you Shea Kool wins. Like, not knowing, like, not getting 100%. into it. 100%. But I, uh, we have a lot of drag race questions for you, but I actually want to go back to what you were saying about growing up because you said that, like, you grew up in fucking Warsaw and then Plainfield, and you said it was yes. like, hella fucking white. Did you feel mm-hmm. different because of a racial thing and a sexuality thing? Just a racial thing? What was the sexuality aspect? Oh, just all across the board. It's just like, 
you know, you think about Plainfield and it just really was so much of a reflection of like white conservative, like, I mean, it's like, like I would say semi-conservative, you know, definitely like somewhat demo- somewhat democratic, but I no, right. that is a lie. It is <laughs> Chicago that really makes Illinois democratic. I'm like, there's still so many conservative people that were there. And it was just like tough because I was going to school with kids that were just like a reflection of their parents and things that their parents like fully, you know, said behind like closed doors. And then, you know, I would experience that in school and I was just all like, oh, damn it. I just can't wait to get out of here and just like, you know, just like spread my wings. It's like, I just, I was like, this is not my time. I'm not going to stay here. So I did not hesitate to hightail my, my ass out of there. <laughs> Do you still have ties there though? Yeah. Have you gone back after your, of your, now that you're famous? I mean, my mom still lives in um, our family home there. So I go back for like holidays and like, you know, little weekend visits every once in a while, but we just like chill at the house. It's not like I'm trying to go out shopping at Walmart Supercenter <laughs> or anything like that. I know, but I really I, want, I you want you to. to. <laughs> like, I really, really want you really to. Really want you really to. Really want you to. Only because really quickly, we, who Darren knows very well, Carson Cressley was on the show and we spoke to Carson about when, like he lives straight up and he went and bought the big ass house back in Pennsylvania, like where he grew up. And he says that, you know, uh, you know, when he, after he did Queer Eye and like, you know, everything started happening, he would like go into the Walmart and be like, oh, yep, that's me. Yeah. Hello. And it was sort of this fun moment for him back and forth. So when you do go to the Walmart, please give us a call because I want to, I want the run. Okay. You know what? Now that you say that, maybe I'll look at buying one of the big houses in Plainfield. I heard there's a, a couple of them for sale. I was going to say, it's kind of the best way to change the demographic, though. Did you, were you able to explore your sexuality when you were growing up? Was there any other potential? I mean, obviously there were other gay people, but that doesn't mean that they were out. Did you know of them? Oh, yeah, no. I went to high queer? school with um, Joel Kim Booster. Um, so he was running around being a big old. So it was, and we were like literally <laughs> in school like during the same time. So oh, that's I feel like it was like, whirlwind queer boys of color running around high school being like yeah so i'm gay <laughs> yes like because when i came out i really came out with like uh for us because i was just like that was like the one thing that i was like bullied for because you know i was still even though i was in the small town like i always knew who i was and um i had this confidence but like you know being being gay was something at the time that was like still like made fun of but there was like you know there were shows like will and grace on so i was starting to see like representation there and like things like queer spoke and i was just like you know like yeah you can't be like rude to gay people anymore that's fucking that's that's lame and so then when i came out of the closet you know like because it used to be people would just be like so jaren are you gay and you'd be like you know no and then like you know they would chuckle and that was like the thing because like you know everyone knew i was lying and then one day they asked me and i was just like yes i am so what and I remember yes. him just stopping dead in his tracks, just like, um, yeah, you're right. Because he didn't have a follow-up yeah. question. He didn't have one. So then when I <laughs> answered the question and they were like, oh, damn it. I was like, oh yeah. I, like the moment I just owned it and I saw that I took my power back, I was just all like, oh my God, these straight boys are so weak. And I'm about to rip them to shreds for these, these last two years of high school. And it really was that. Like, I, I, like at the end of it, I like won people around to like, 
my side because I was just all like, yeah, I'm gay. Like, so what? Why is it bothering you? And then no one wanted to seem like uncool. Like they were really bothered right. by me. And so it's just like, and if they did act bothered, then I would like read them like so fiercely because like, I feel like that's just like a skill that so many <laughs> queer people have is like, you know, we're witty, we're clever. So I was just like, oh, if you want to try and throw something out, I can read your outfit. I can read your split ins. I can read like all of that and like have everyone in study hall. Don't read my split ends. Cookie. I'm like, I know. I <laughs> we're coming out of like, a pandemic. Ooh. I feel like we should all be forgiving to anyone who has not been able to go and get their hair taken care of. But this is like 2006, you know. This is oh, yeah. right People before the really stock market crashed. So we were doing great right. at this point, you know? Have you had anybody from, I mean, I always, Darren knows I love these stories of the ghosts from high school and middle school that were mean to you. Have any of them returned into the DMs or- Like wanted tickets you know, or something from you and like asked you for shit? And you're you like, know what? bitch? <laughs> Honestly, no, because I don't check those DMs even. So even if they've tried, like now I'm kind of curious to go and check my Facebook DMs. Well, you might see a couple for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I literally, gosh, I don't even check um, Facebook. Like I, uh, like when I was moving um, into the building yesterday, I bumped into one of my new neighbors and he's like, hi, you know, very, like nice to meet you. And he's like, you know, I've kind of like met everybody in the building. Uh, because it's a brand new building. So people have just like been like slowly like filling it in where I didn't, we're like one of like the last employees. He's just like, yeah, we have like this Facebook group. And I was like, oh God, it's like- You're like new. It's like, so <laughs> I have to try and say. remember my Facebook password to like <laughs> meet my new neighbors. Uh, do not join the it's... building Facebook page. Honestly, that I, I can... don't want that. I yeah, like, no. I think I'll tell my partner about that. He can join yeah. me. I'm just gonna go <laughs> and like leave like four packs of like Shea Ales in front of everyone's doors and just be like, hi, um, nice to meet you. And honestly, if uh, I would moved yeah. into if a I live next to Shea Coulee's, were like, what would I do? What would I do? I'd be, I'd be like, <laughs> Shea Coulee, can I have a cup of sugar every day? You're like, girl, get your own fucking sugar finally You're over my apartment. Way too much. I mean, honestly, I'm really trying to cut back on the sugar, so we don't have much around <laughs> here anyway. So I'm gonna have to wrap it up for my neighbors. <laughs> Shea, do you have a green juice, a healthy green juice for me? Is what I want. But I'd you be know, like, you're... actually, I do have a juicer. Come on in. Yes. <laughs> and you said that you, um, you know, you kind of just like, you got into drag, just like you were like, oh, I'll decide to do this. What was your first drag experience? You know, I know it costs so much money to look as like turnt as you all look. I know it's like, for me, it seems very daunting because I don't even know where I would start. Shay's got, Shay's got the bones, well, she, she, I mean, you she really got the have facial a leg up. She's got the facial structure, but I yeah. mean, those. It's funny because I, I, I get my bone structure from my dad, you know. <laughs> it's a nice bone um, structure. I know. It's I love very, how it, very it, it can turn so feminine, so right. But so my first um, time doing drag, I was already, you know, cast in a show. I was already booked. And the the show was my friend, Jeez Louise's all-black burlesque review called Jeezy's Juke Joint. Now, Ooh, I was booked to be a, just a dancer, just to come in and like support because it was like first one, we had danced together in college. And I was like, yes, absolutely. I'll come in and support. Now, the way that this story goes, there's two different accounts. Her, her account is different than mine, but I will tell you what my experience was. Now, 
I am also a stoner, so I am not passing any judgment. But I oh, know, God, I know my over. girl, Jeez Louise, likes to smoke down. Now, I was on an email chain that was like, please submit your act description for your solo act, lighting cues, yada, 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 by the end of this weekend. And I remember being like, solo act. It's like, I was like, what? I was like, what the? I was like, I'm only supposed to just like come in a day. I was like, what does she mean solo act? Like, how did I get like looped into this? So I, (laughs) I conceptualized, put together like an act. And I was just all like, it was a burlesque show. And I was like, I don't really know if I can do this whole like Chippendales as like kind of like striptease. But I was like, it would be really fierce if I did it in drag. And so I like sent her the description for this act. It was just like, I'm going to do this like burlesque routine to Beyonce's Sugar Mama. And then come out and like, a tuxedo jacket, like, uh, like shirt, uh, a tie, very like um, Judy Garland and Easter Day Parade kind of moment, and you know, do the damn thing. She had no intention of putting me um, in the show as a solo act. Like this was something that was clearly unintentional. But she gets my email with this whole conceptualized act, and she's just like, "Well, I didn't." cast Jaren as a solo act but I can't pass this I up guess. either right? I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just gonna give them the opportunity to come out here and do the damn thing gosh I will never forget I was getting ready to go into the summer and I was like waiting well I, I remember I was going to check to see where they were in the lineup because I was like I feel like they should be like it should be like around my time. And I literally go to like creak open the door to like see where they're at. And all I hear is shake Like, and I was like, <gasps> like just literally rush out onto the stage. And like, what I didn't know is right before this, Jesus Louise was like, yeah, our next like burlesque entertainer is a, uh, is uh, a drag queen. And like the majority of the audience was like, um, black women in their like forties and fifties, like mostly like middle age kind of like crowd. And so she said they kind of were like silent, like, "Mm." and so then I come out in my little tuxedo jacket and like, I was like backlit and just like legs and like pumps. They started screaming so loud that I could like (laughs) barely even hear the music start. But like, I did my whole little number. Those aunties like jumped to their feet. Like they were screaming, clapping, cheering, going off. And like, I had... And all my years of doing like theater and acting and stuff through college and high school and middle school, I never had such a visceral reaction like that from an audience. And I was like, so I think I should do drag. Yeah, how old <laughs> so were you I at this I point? I was 22. Wow. Yeah. Which now, and nowadays, seems like a late start to be starting right. to drag. Well, because of, I feel like <laughs> drag race, I mean, the, the, the it's encouraged people younger we, people. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did you come up with the name Shea Coulee? Like by that time you already had that moniker. Yeah. So how did you come up with it? Well, my middle name is Shay, but it's spelled K-Y-E-I. It's Swahili and it means beautiful boy. Oh, and so I was like, well, I was like, well, that kind of like works, you know, for this whole like gender bending experience. But I was like, 
no one will know how to read that. Like when they're looking at my name on a lineup, you know, at an amateur show, it's like, I know that no one's gonna get that. So I switched the spelling of that to be like Shea Butter. And right, because I was looking at all the different ways to spell Shea and I was just like S-H-E-A, like the butter just feels like, you know, some African Shea Butter, like, "Mm." I was like, that's her. her." And then (laughs) Kool-Aid comes from um, this little like riddle, this little song. That's like she she kule she confisa confisa la la ala kida la she hayende she hayende and I was just like okay well then I'll just be she kule and then that was it and I and like and I remember too because I was with um like my best friend Tiger Lily who was the one that was like you should really like check out this show RuPaul's Drag Race because I watch these girls and I feel like you would kill this I was like okay um and we were like working on this film we were like costume design this film and we were like sewing listening to lady gaga's like paparazzi and i remember i was like tossing around because she's like you have to come up with a name you know if you're going to be doing this show and um i remember i was just like doing it just like internally and then i just said the name like shea coulee aloud and she like stopped dead in her tracks and she's like that's it she's like that's your name and I was like, right. I was like, it rolls off the tongue. It just like sounds good. And from then on, you know, I've been Shea Coulee. Prodigy from the it's start. It's a solid, solid name. It's a solid one. Okay, this is sort of ridiculous, but I have to ask, did Black China thank you? I know Naomi Campbell so thanked well. you. Oh, yeah. Um, but she like, said, did Black China ever, She sent me a she video come- at the finale for season nine. Yeah, it's like standing in front of her like Lamborghini. She was like, hey, girl. She's like, thank you. You slayed. I was like, much appreciated. I love it. And then what was so crazy. <laughs> she said, much appreciated. It was so crazy. It's been like, even after that, where was I? I was at, oh, because my friend used to work at um, Nordstrom and Beverly Hills. And I was doing something, but I was like, hey, I think I'm like by your Nordstrom. I was like, let me come say hi. I do. And I like go to leave to go back to my Airbnb. And I'm like walking out um, like to the corner to like meet my Lyft driver. And literally she pulls up right in front of me, like in this like pink Lamborghini. And I was just was like, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even fix my mouth to like say like, Black China, it's me. Like, <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I was just sitting there like, wow, there she is. Just like. You didn't say me. anything? Yeah. You know, she was, look, she was focused on driving and I'm not the type of person to sit there and distract somebody because like, you know. Fair. In a it. pink Lamborghini mm-hmm. that she probably does not own. Like talk about intimidating. not want to wreck yeah. right. her rental. She was like, You uh-uh. know what I mean? Mm-mm. I was like, you go ahead. You drive safe, girl. You're looking good. That's like kismet though. That's meant to be. That says right. something to me. Like that's the universe coming into play in some <laughs> sort of weird <laughs> right. way to me. I got to ask you this. If you were to choose three things, whether it's like it could be like a an actual object like mascara or a wig or like a personality trait, what are three things that you need to be a drag queen? Delusion. <laughs> I think delusion is one. really, really important. I feel like it really helps the fans. Like, I feel like delusion just adds to the camp factor that is drag. And it, it, it like goes beyond like confidence. Like, like confidence, yes, is cute, but you have to go beyond confident and be delusional. So that is like absolutely key. You gotta like, whatever this reality is telling you, you're like, mm-mm, 
Mm -mm -mm. You're like, I'm making like my own scenario and I'm going to go with that. Like you have to live your own fantasy in order to be a successful drag queen. So that's number one, be delusional. Number two, a really, really, really good friend, mentor, or just community member to help guide you and keep you straight let you know like ma'am that is not who's right. that person for you yeah that's well i have like people <laughs> i have like, an entourage i have a village like everybody plays such a specific role but um i would say like my my ride or die tiger lily um uh, my partner uh dan and um my i mean gosh my publicist, Sarah, <laughs> my assistant. We Sarah, love you, Sarah. My yeah. other manager, Dalen. Like, we got, like, a team. And, like, and even now, it's crazy because, like, even though I provide support to my drag daughters, Kinsey, Bambi, and Chloe, it is also, like, a way that they, you know, we have, like, a family now. So we, like, look out for each other. So, you know, I'm blessed to have multiple people in my life that like really help like hold me down. But if you can find one, just to begin with one, you know, like Tiger, Tiger was like the first one. So she was like my one that like, you know, held me down. Got so you. number three, a comfy pair of shoes with an ankle strap. Oh. Ankle straps are important because especially when you're like flipping beginning, around. Um, I think a lot of people will find that their ankles are the weak spots for them when it comes to wearing heels. So having just a little bit of extra support there just like helps you to withstand having to perform, walk around, do the damn thing, get a nice comfy heel with an ankle strap. And it also protects you from like rolling your ankle too. I mean, God, that Lord, I was going to say yeah. is kind of the biggest one. <laughs> well, Great so... Great there have been now 13 seasons of Drag Race. You have appeared on both, at least the U.S. franchises. Mm -hmm. I kind of have a two-part question. One, how would you like to see Drag Race evolve, if you think that it should or could? And then two, who have you never um, lip-sync battled that you'd like to? Definitely think that there's evolution within the franchise because, you know, we've done, I, I, I mean, we've already seen such a big evolution with the franchise with going into like other markets and other countries and introducing us to even more and more uh, queens. Um, and as far as somebody that I would love to lip sync battle against that I haven't, I would love, well, it's funny because I, I've said this before, but I'm like, now, it, it, like, <laughs> I was like, I have a crown. And, and actually, so does she. Even though I'm, like, terrified of her because she's such an amazing performer, I would love to lip sync against Kylie Sonic Love. Um, I think uh, that I she's just so... Gonna that. I, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. You know? Although... Let me just say, and I don't know if you've ever lip synced against her, but I was very impressed this last season with Silky Nutmeg Ganache. And <laughs> her lip sync performances were incredible. Yeah. Like well, her I redemption mean, was just. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
it blew me away. It blew, when she did like the, she blew me away. Speaking of evolution though, I really liked that segment. Like I liked the game within a game yeah. and a lot of people didn't, or not a lot of people didn't, I shouldn't say that. I think some people, it took some time getting used to that. Yeah. Even some of the contestants were like, what the fuck? This is never ending. I'm like, girl, you are getting more airtime. <laughs> right. Relax. I don't know why you're upset. I know, but you I know love I mean? that Aquaria like, was like, I'm set. I love that Aquaria was like, I'm done. I was like, all right, all right, cool. Right. Ridiculous. Anyway. Here's the thing. It's just all like everybody, I feel like we get to a point where we expect a specific format, but like, like we were saying earlier, the show is constantly evolving. They're constantly going to do things to like switch it up and keep us interested. And so like, yeah, I feel like a game within a game is inevitable. Like y'all should yeah, have seen it coming. I completely. I, was, that's how I feel. What was the most surprising thing about competing on Drag Race that you didn't, like, what was the thing that was like, oh shit, it's done this way that you didn't know beforehand? Or what kind of shocked you when you finally got on? How quick the time goes by. Like, we achieve so much. Honestly, like, so much within a short amount of time. It's kind of like, insane <clears throat> and this comes from like a contestants level crew level like rue level like you know it's just like it is a well-oiled machine and like you have to be like such a good professional that is like ready to be on it like you really got to deliver and perform because they have so much to do um in a short amount of time so you got to be ready to keep up that was like definitely the pace of it i was like woo. <laughs> and like do you have to be good at sewing because i felt like simone you like simone simone that's what i always want to say i felt like she wasn't as good or at least said she wasn't as good compared to other ones but she won the whole thing so i like don't know yeah, how much I mean, it she matters also has Gigi's mom who's like right yeah. i don't how much I feel does it like matter? there there are other I mean there's we, I feel like we have plenty of winners who couldn't sew. I mean, I know Sharon Needles, she couldn't sew during the construction challenges. Jinx Monsoon couldn't do it. Bob the drag queen La La struggle struggle with the bags. Oh my god, the know. bags. Oh my god. Um you know what I'm saying? I, like, I mean, we have like queens who are winners who have like struggled with construction and making an outfit. So you don't need to be a sewer you just need to have style you know and you need to know how to apply that into a look and like have something that can at least hold itself together down the runway for two walks that's all <laughs> and that's, while you it is a lot about too. attitude i feel like it is like attitude and how you tackle it because like yeah you have even... to communicate a vision you know and i feel like as long right. as you see that you have a vision and it's like executed well then it's like okay there we go well, even Lala Ree's bag challenge from last season, not the All-Stars the season before that, like, I knew, I thought, like, I was, I know, I was banking on Lala Ree actually winning, it's like, so fan wild. favorite at the end, because I was like, she just, like, I hated that look, but I loved that look. Like, it was one of the more iconic looks in the season, because it was so terrible he got lost in look in my <laughs> in my wrapping paper drawer where i keep all the bags when people give me bags I know, of but wine like, when they come over stuck it all over the but i felt like her attitude about it was like infectious and saved her in so many ways so it is about like i guess the style you also bring to it even though it was like abysmal like it was, it was i i love lala Reed. like i love her but my mother texted me about that outfit. You know, if my mom is texting me being like, I, 
what 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 was that <laughs> um you know it was like really rough. terrible but you know what it's iconic it's memorable that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's really what at memorable. the end of the day like you just want to create memorable moments things that people will still be talking about later you know if it's not successful you can turn it around and like make it something that's still you know cute and funny for the sake of the show because it's like everything about Drag Race is like really like you know lighthearted. I mean as far as like the challenges are concerned like yes we do get like here's some like girls reveal stories about their personal lives that we get to connect with but like as far as challenges are concerned it's really all about having fun. True well before we transition to a really fun or I think fun yes. game but yes. we'll we'll see what you think about yeah. that. I want to talk about <laughs> your podcast really quickly because we actually have had America's Next Top Model contestants on our show. We had, you know, one of the first openly, or I think she, wasn't she the first I openly? I think she was. Yeah. Uh, first openly lesbian contestant. Kim. OG. Yeah. We had Kim Stoltz. Yep. Kim Stoltz. Yep. Kim was on the show and we've had others. You have a podcast that really, like, talk us through why you created the podcast want to be on top like have you talked to tyra ever like this <laughs> antm give us the is a kind of a hot a button controversial a little hot button issue for some people yes okay so i came up with the idea for want to be on top because we were in a pandemic and so i had a lot of free time to watch more tv than normal and i went <laughs> and i revisited america's top model I was, you know, just kind of chatting with a friend. I was like, you know what? I could, I could just like honestly never get sick of talking about this show. And I had already been in conversations with Forever Dog. They were like, you know, we really want to develop a podcast with you, but like, just kind of like think about things that you want to do. And I had tossed around a couple ideas for like the better part of like 10 months. And I was like, I don't really, I can't really find anything that I want to like do for like a podcast. And then I was just all like, wait a second. I could talk about America's Next Top Model until the cows come home, you know? So that was like, that was the start of it. And it has just been such a fun adventure for me. Like I've had the opportunity to talk with like several contestants and like, especially because we're starting from like the very beginning, it is really super nostalgic. And like, whenever we have guests on, we're always just like, like, you know, girl, like, what were you up to in 2005? Like, what were you listening to? What were you wearing? What was your hair like? Because we love to, like, paint that picture of, like, where we were culturally at that time, because I feel like America's Next Top Model is an amazing time capsule. Like, true. and and I just true. love to go back and, like, revisit it from a different perspective now, but also from the perspective of who I was and where I was when I was watching it for the first time. So um, it's great. I love having these conversations. I love breaking these episodes down, reliving it and talking with our guests and like with the girls. It's just been so much fun. Who's your famous iconic contestant on America's Next Top Model? Tiffany. No, that's mine. Sorry. Love Tiffany. Tiffany we was a solid choice. I mean, we were all rooting for Tiffany. Tyra was right. So that's just We just actually ISIS recorded. Head. We actually just recorded. Um, and because we're on season four right now, we actually just recorded an episode where we really have a, what I felt was like a brilliant conversation about Tiffany. I will say, okay, for me, contestant-wise, oh, it's so hard because I love 
all of them so much for so many different reasons. For me, I would say between Mercedes from Cycle Two mm. and choice. Yaya from Cycle Three. <gasps> Yaya's gorgeous. Yaya, like, gorgeous. really, just dripping with gorgeousness. Like, oh, but like, do you even get into like Adrian Curry? Um, Adrian Curry. Okay, look, I. I I'm not saying she's a Adrian. great contestant. I'm just saying, think about some of these no, contestants I, yeah. and like what like, ended honestly, up Honestly, she's, from, she's I mean, from Joliet, Illinois, which is right next to Plainfield. So I'm just all like, okay, totally know like kind of like where she comes from. Cause I'm like, okay, similar. Loved her on Surreal Life and My Fair Brady. I know. Um, like- uh, but we were, okay. So me and um, my uh, co-host and top, top model historian I referred to him as Maxwell Esposito we were like <laughs> kind of following up with her blog and um you know she's very um anti-vax very oh, um okay. she's got it she is yeah. and she was like I I you know what the pandemic has had multiple effects on people in different ways but yeah she is sure very has. Adrian is on a journey right now okay it is funny to like think of those names though. I mean, before we recorded today, I, I looked at a couple of them, like Tokara. Oh, Tokara. Tokara like, was oh great. My Tara, Jasmine. Oh my God. Jasmine. Oh my God. Well, oh my God. And now, now you're my, not there my yet. You're not there girl, yet. Jasmine. Now, honestly, honestly, if we're going to talk, she's probably going to be so. Honestly, if I'm going to talk about who I've had like more actual experiences with, like Jasmine. Like, as far as, like, Chicago nightlife, like, I've had so many experiences with Jasmine because she's still a Chicago girl. She comes to the club. She always looks so good. And so, yeah, no, even though it's been, like, so many years since these girls, like, original seasons, they all just, like, look amazing. I'm like, they haven't aged. I mean, let me just say, I work at Bravo, Eva Marcel. Hello, season three winner, I believe, who had that spider shot with that spider oh, like on her yes. face. Like, uh, still yes. looks, was an Atlanta housewife. Still uh-huh. is like one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in real life. Just like, yeah. looks the same from yeah. how, whenever her season was. Like Even Ava, another ago. Bravo it's crossover. It's just yes. crazy. Like, just Okay, hey, well, clearly so, we are happy to be guests on your podcast because we could talk about this yeah. all day long. Yes, um, let's do it. We, let's we do, do it. like to play sometimes, Shay, some just like silly rapid fire silly games. games. And um, just Where? so that if you hate this, Darren doesn't take the fall, I'll take it on myself. <laughs> I came up with a little <laughs> game called... Is she bougie or Vangie? And for our white listeners who probably have no idea what the fuck we're saying, could you explain um, maybe why <laughs> I picked yeah. the name bougie and Vangie yes. and what bougie and Vangie is for those that don't understand? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, I have always described myself as equal parts bougie and Vangie. Bougie, you know, meaning like bourgeoisie, kind of like fancy, like ooh la la, she, she, she. And then Vangie meaning just like, you know, street, like around the way kind of girl. Like I have, right. Because like, okay. My um, babysitter, when I was, like, young, her name was Flo. Like, 
Shout out to Flo. Her nickname for me was Bougie because I was just such a particular little child. I love that. Like always just kind of had like a very like high end taste and standard. And she loved it. She spoiled me down. She spoiled me down. And so she would always call me her little Bougie. And then like Banji, obviously, because I would always spend time going from like Plainfield out to Logport to like my grandpa parents who like live just like right next to the projects and I still have like all of those memories of like you know where I come from so like there's like these roots of like my my ancestry but then also there's these aspirations of like you know the bougie life that I've always wanted to live I love it and both have their positives yeah both yes, have their positives I actually Balance. also couldn't identify with being half bougie and banji more in my own life so yeah, I, I, I have to tell you really, it really it, it runs deep um and so yeah this is just a little fun game we're gonna throw some characters <laughs> up it really means nothing and hopefully you'll be into that all right. Welcome to the show, Bougie or Banji. Right yeah. now, we have in front of Shea Coulee, Ms. Cracker, friend of the podcast, and Juju B. Okay. So, Ms. Cracker, is she Bougie or Banji? What? Uh, <laughs> 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 Already tripping she, you up. <laughs> I'm really, I know. I'm like, oh, okay. She is uh, honestly, she is neither bougie nor banji. She is salty. Yes. <laughs> that is Miss Crack. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Now, Juju B, no, she's banji. She is a banji round the way girl who loves big dicks and fried I'm chicken. Dying. And I feel like that just in and of itself, like, you know, explains Miss Juju B. Okay, of course, <laughs> of course. Darren, Chicago hot dog or hamburgers? Here we go. These are the two things. What is a Chicago hot dog to you? Okay, so a Chicago hot dog is sesame seed bun with uh, onion, mustard, pickle. relish, and pickle. Right. And like okay. it has to be like a little pickle spear that's like nestled in there. Um, nestled in there. I know. Right, you got nestled it in just right in the side. Okay. Uh, and sometimes hot peppers too. Mm. Um, if you're down with the spice. Ooh. Okay. So that to me is, I'm going to say it's banji because the Chicago hot dog is resourceful. Okay. It was created during the depression because it was an easy way for people to get like a quote unquote cheap, well-rounded meal because it's like protein, bread, different types of like little vegetables and things like that. So people could get like a five cent hot dog, you know, and like feed their family. So that to me, I was like that resourcefulness and, and that's the heart of Chicago, Banji. Um, burger, I mean, I just feel like burger is just like standard. It's neither, you can have a bougie burger and you can have a Banji burger. Right, you can um, dress it up or you can dress it down. Do I prefer a bougie burger? I most absolutely do. Um, I go to this place called Vincent in Chicago. It's like this little bistro and they make just like a really, really good burger and it's just like, mm into it i love that i'm fucking hungry now okay next one um carson cressley or miss miss michelle who is bougie and who is banji <laughs> oh that is easy carson is bougie michelle is banji my <laughs> fellow plainfield sister but she's from plainfield new jersey uh, um yes Plain- <laughs> good old plainfield new jersey now 
She's definitely the banshee one. He's the bougie one. This is my favorite one. Um, this one's my favorite. Tyra Banks in this specific outfit from Dancing with the Stars, which unclear what the outfit was, or this weird, like, some okay. type of stegosaurus from Jurassic Park. It's unclear. Tyra Banks or a Dilophosaurus. Uh, that's scary Specifically from Jurassic Park. Okay. So... Tyra for me is giving full on bougie. I love this look. I absolutely love this look. It's giving me like if it were like gold, it would be like 80s Terry Mugler on mm-hmm. Iman going down like the French, like Parisian, like fashion week, like runway. See, people would be like, oh, it looks so crazy. I'm like, Honey, this is a reference. We've seen this. And I'm like, and if you know, you know. So I'm going to say bougie for Tyra on that. Um, what is this called? Dilophosaurus. A Dilophosaurus. From Jurassic Park. Yes. Remember? This? They're so From scary. Jurassic Park, yes. 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 Dilophosaurus. Um, I mean, look, all I know is like the T-Rex, the Velociraptor, the Pterodactyl. Mm. And what's the one with the long neck? Is that a stegosaurus? Oh. No, that's the one with the spikes yeah. on the back. Stegosaurus. Yeah, that's yeah. What's the I little know, long I like neck the curve Brontosaurus. 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 Yes. See, I couldn't even remember that. That's about that's about my and this is a Dilophosaurus? Guys, Dilophosaurus. I just would like you to know yes. that this is a lot of pre-production on my end and investigative <sighs> research into the dinosaur I know, and you gave me the hard word. I'm going to say Dilophosaurus is Banji just based off of the name. That's a Banji-ass name, Dilophosaurus. That is a Um, Banji-ass name. Two more. more. Who is Bougie and Banji are friend of the podcast, Alaska, or Sharon Needles? Um, So Sharon Needles is just spooky-ooky. So that's Sharon. She's neither Bougie or Banji. She's spooky-ooky. Alaska, hmm. Alaska is. (laughs) Alaska wants to be bougie, but she's bougie. She wants to be bougie, (laughs) but I feel like, and she's neither bougie. I feel like she's just good old fashioned camp. She is. God, I fucking. Okay. Last but certainly not least, your girls. You got Liz and Darren over here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Based off of, I know our listeners can't see this, but based off of the photo, I'm going to say that Liz is bougie. Darren is banty because um, the outfit. Those are both my clothes. Outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but you can pick up on the attitude, which is so yes, right, that she's attitude. so bougie. Like, Liz is so bougie anyway. Like, you nailed it, uh-huh. Shai. You nailed mm-hmm. it. Look at her that white is- wine. Oh, <laughs> my God. This is Sauvignon <laughs> Thank you very much. Exactly. That's, that's why you are so fucking bougie, Liz. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for playing Scissor Me the Thing. Sorry. Scissor Me it's, This. No, Excuse me. You were on Scissor Me Thing. Darren, it was called it's Bougie, bougie or Banji. Yes. I know, but like the last segment is always, you know, we're scissoring with Shay today. Um, Shay, it was an honor to get to talk to you. Uh, We could have you on and talk about America's Next Top Model and reality for days. We would love to have you back. (laughs) Where can people follow you, watch everything that you're doing and just crushing the scene? Tell us. Yes, you can uh, follow me on all social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, at Shea Coulee, S-H-E-A-C-O-U-L-E-E. 
Notice not Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you can follow me on there, but you, all you're going to get is some reposts from Instagram, girl. So yeah. you might as well go straight to the source. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, you know, I'm working on some fun little projects here. I'm like just really focusing on writing this music. I've been like really getting into it. There's some really cute little things. So this year is about to be fun. I'm going to be doing um, a Christmas tour. So, you know, uh, look out for me um, on Murray and Peter Presents a Drag Queen Christmas. I'll be coming to a city near you um, November Liz, December. Liz, and then, going. you know, we're going to finish out 2021 and have a good time. I'm getting nested into the new place. Um, yes. yeah. And your podcast, Want to Be on Top. Yes. And also, yes, uh, Want to Be on Top. Wherever you listen to podcasts, um, you can download the show. Follow me on um, Forever Dog and where we post all tons of content for Want to Be on Top. It's great. Oh, and buy my soap, um, uh, 100K, my 100K bar with Quiet Girl. It's an amazing shea butter it's soap. It's beautiful too. It smells so good. It's patchouli, ylang-ylang, neroli, and um, Yehoba beads. It's super, I oh, love uh, it. Yes. And uh, Shea Kuleo, check it out. She bougie. <laughs> yeah the soap is um bougie. bougie and the and the and the beer is banned. oh my god i love it well <laughs> you can follow my bougie ass at at listen to liz and, and my banji ass at carpe darren <laughs> banji ass at carpe darren and you can follow our bougie and banji self at s-i-a-t podcast yeah. shay thank you so much we love, we you. love you thank you shay thank you so You're much the best. fun Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.